Welcome to this special edition of the Riley and Kimmy Show. This is an addendum. An addendum to podcast number 1093. On episode 1093, one of the things we talk about during pop culture trivia is Howard Hughes. And we make reference to a recording we're about to play from 1947. In 1947, the Senate War Investigation Committee, led by Maine Senator Owen Brewster, met with Howard Hughes. The committee alleged that government funds had been misused by Howard Hughes in both the XF-11 and Spruce Goose projects, citing the fact that neither project had resulted in a single aircraft delivered to the Air Force. Howard Hughes maintained that there had been no wrongdoings. The hearings featured Howard Hughes' testimony and it electrified the nation. Here is part of that testimony from 1947. This is John Edwards in Washington. This is round two of the battle between Howard Hughes and Senator Brewster of Maine. What you hear in the background as I speak is the noise of the crowd which filled the big Senate caucus chamber as ABC recorded all of today's testimony before the Senate committee investigating... Hughes warplane contracts. Seven stormy hours, morning and afternoon. And in the next 25 minutes, you will hear recorded excerpts of what took place today. Today, as yesterday, the issue was Hughes' charge that Senator Brewster, chairman of the Senate War Investigating Committee, had offered to call off the investigation if Hughes would merge his Transworld Airlines with Pan American Airways. Senator Ferguson of Michigan, chairman of the subcommittee handling the inquiry, agreed that Hughes might question Senator Brewster, but not direct. The questions must be submitted in writing to the committee. It was a point of controversy all day, as in this first highlight. Hughes is on the stand, and Senator Ferguson speaks. There are 20 questions. The subcommittee have considered them all, and uh, the chair will ask all of the questions that have been submitted. There are no exceptions, and they will be asked in the language in which they were submitted and passed to Mr. Hughes. Uh, Mr. Hughes, will you just leave the chair, and uh, I'll ask Senator Brewster these questions. Well, now, uh, Senator Ferguson, may I say that I have many other questions. If you are going to deny me the right to ask them as we proceed, then I would like to submit them to you now, which is at well, least better I'd than like enough. to have them submitted now. Well, that, I said, was only a fraction of the questions all I right. wish to ask. If you have the questions prepared, we want all the questions that you have at this time. I, I don't know as I can make this any clearer. Have you any other questions? Yes, I have many other, and well, I will submit them. Let the them, committee but... have them. It was clear <laughs> last night we were to have them at, at 9.15 this morning, but we are uh, varying that now and saying you can submit them now. All right, Senator Ferguson, I will submit them now, but I want to make it clear that this cannot be considered cross-examination when I'm forced to submit all of the questions in advance. Well, you understood what the rule was and what you personally considered. Uh, the chair can't uh, change that, but will you submit the question? May I read you a part of yesterday's testimony? Well, no. Will you just pass us the question? Now, 
to make it clear, is this all the questions that you have at the present time? Uh, Senator Ferguson, that is not all of the questions. I cannot write the questions before I know Senator Brewster's answer. How can anyone cross-examine a witness if he isn't allowed to ask questions predicated upon the answers given? Well, Mr. Hughes, I don't know what your definition of cross-examination is. But the committee is still going to rule on this matter, and we are going to control the hearing. Can I ask you something, Senator Brewster, I mean, Senator Ferguson? No, not at the present time till we uh, go over these questions. Now, just make one very brief statement, please. Yesterday, you told me I would be accorded the same privilege as the senator from Maine or anyone else here. Now, will you give me the questions in advance that you want to ask me while I am here? Or will you give them to any third neutral party? Is it not true that you are going to propound the questions for me as I testify and based upon what I testify as I go along? Are you willing to well, set aside Hughes, the questions I'll, I'll in advance which you will ask me? Mr. Hughes. The officers will clear the room except the press. We are going to run this hearing and run it properly. Well, a college student in the crowd tangled with Capitol Police who sought to clear the room. He protested to Senator Ferguson, who agreed to let the spectators remain, and order was restored. Later, Senator Brewster, as a private citizen and under oath, was questioned by Ferguson. Hughes questions, of course. The questions sought to point out a connection with Brewster and Pan American Airways and the interest both have shown in the community airline idea for a single line in overseas transportation. Brewster denied any connection. Did he know Juan Tripp, Pan American's president? Yes, but they were not close friends. Had he ever accepted Pan American entertainment? Yes, three breakfasts. Did he know Sam Pryor, a former Republican National Committeeman from Connecticut, now a Pan American vice president? Yes, they were old friends. And now to go on from there. The next question was, submitted by Mr. Hughes, have you ever been the guest of Mr. Pryor and partake of his hospitality at his home in Florida? Well, uh, I'll describe to you the circumstances and let you determine the answer. Uh, this, uh, as I think Senator Pepper will confer, the November is quite early in the season down there, up in Maine, it's like May or June, down there in November, twice, I think in the last two years, Mrs. Brewster and I have occupied for one week of Thanksgiving, the, uh, this small place, which he has there, five rooms. Mr. and Mrs. Pryor were not there. Uh, we had the exclusive occupancy. And uh, uh, I hired a cook whom I paid $5 a day, and I went over to the grocery store and bought the groceries and the Thanksgiving turkey. And uh, I left the place pretty well stocked up when I got through with canned goods as sort of an expression of my appreciation for what had gone on. And uh, I know this last time I went down there, I was in Athens, Georgia, in a town hall forum with uh, Governor Arnold, Arnold and uh, went on from there to Hope Sound and took off from there for my, the South American trip, of which we've earlier spoken after spending a week there at Hope Sound. The next question submitted by Mr. Hughes is... I don't want to reflect on Mr. Pryor's hospitality. I don't want to intimate that he ought to have done better by me, but I think since the committee is interested, they ought to know the precise facts. I can give them the bills if they desire. Have you ever accepted free 
airplane trips from Pan American Airways in their special private airplane. I have. Next question. Have you accepted such transportation to Raleigh, North Carolina? I did. Next question submitted by Mr. Hughes. What was the purpose of your visit there? I went down there to confer with Senator Bailey, who was ill, in connection with the community uh, airline bill, which was then pending before the committee, and it was necessary to determine what our procedure would be. And the next question submitted by Mr. Hughes was, what was the nature of your business with Senator Bailey? Have you answered uh, that? I think I've answered that. We were uh, both on the subcommittee dealing with the matter. Senator Bailey, as you know, in the later years of his life was not well and had to spend much time there and uh, had expressed a desire to go over the situation and I arranged to fly down there for that purpose. Next question submitted by Mr. Hughes is, how many trips did you make to Raleigh, North Carolina? Only one, as far as I recall. Were they all, or were they all in the special plane, the private airplane of Pan American Airways? Well, the answer is there was only one, as far as I recall. Next question submitted by Mr. Hughes is, have you accepted three airplane trips in this same ship to Hope Sound, Florida? Well, I may, I, I know that I didn't last year. Whether I flew down there two years ago in it, I wouldn't say. I can't recall back that far. Last year, I know I flew down with the Houston to Georgia and uh, was picked up, I think, by Mr. Pryor and flown from Atlanta to Hope Sound, the last leg of it. I came back. I went then on to South America. Sometime later, Howard Hughes is on the stand again relying on a headphone and an amplifying system for his hearing since he is partially deaf. The soft-spoken freshman senator from Delaware, John Williams, a Republican, sitting at Senator Ferguson's left behind the long committee table, questions Howard Hughes further about his charge against Senator Brewster. Mr. Hughes, I'd like to ask you a further question. Why didn't you immediately report this to the proper authorities if you had been approached in a shady proposition? Well, Senator, uh, when a proposition is made to you in the front of no witnesses... Uh, what good would it do to approach public authorities? Pan American has the biggest political machine in all of Washington. Where do you think I would have gotten by going to authorities on a deal like this? Uh, where do you think you're going to get now? You're getting the same position. You did, you did bring it out later after the hearings had started. You held back in your own mind what you thought was an offer of an illegal deal until after the hearings had started. I... Well, that's very simple, Senator. I have nothing to lose now. My reputation's been ruined, so I might as well lay the cards on the table. Before that, there was a chance, I presume, of what I consider to be an illegitimate threat being removed if I was willing to give in. I, I don't get what you mean by your reputation being ruined. Uh... Well, at least a concerted effort has been made in that direction, let us well, there's, say. There's merely an investigation as far as I know. I don't think there's been any statement made that uh, any charges that I know anything about. Well, uh, Senator, an awful lot of material was released to the press before this hearing took place, and it could only have come from one place, and that's out of the Senate record, or this committee's record. It well, certainly couldn't have come from me. The testimony that I gave here in secret session, or closed session, certainly couldn't have come from me because I didn't have it. Well, I think it has uh, been... Mr. Hughes, do you claim that any part of your uh, testimony was printed? Uh, it was certainly printed. As to when it was printed, I don't know, but... Uh, well, uh, would you state on the record as to whether or not any particular part of your testimony... Well, I don't agree. Uh, it was stated, maybe not in quotes, but uh, my 
My uh, replies to questions were definitely what, stated in what, the press. What part of the uh, your replies to questions were printed? Well, I can't say, but I'll be happy to obtain it for you. Well, I, I wish you would. Well, I can certainly give that to you. The questioning of Howard Hughes goes on into the afternoon, rambling and disjointed. And now at this point, Hughes is reading a prepared statement. Suddenly, Senator Brewster interrupts, his face red, his hands shaking, his voice breaking later as he speaks. And you'll also hear Senator Pepper of Florida and Senator Ferguson. In other words, if I am telling an untruth, I think the public should know it. If Senator Brewster is telling an untruth, the public ought to know that. Therefore, I want to take up first an incident which is not tremendously... Mr. Mr. Bio, but the 
evidence which I am reading now, or I should say the statement which I am reading now, is completely my own hand, and I am glad to swear it. All right. All day long, there seems to have been but one issue. Beyond the number one issue of Howard Hughes' charge against Senator Brewster, Hughes demand that he be given the right to cross-examine Brewster. This controversy broke out again and again, and here, for six uninterrupted minutes, you will hear one of the biggest highlights of the day. Well, I noticed that when Senator Brewster made his statement here yesterday, he was not interrupted. Now, Mr. Hughes, I, I think we might as well make this thing clear right now. And I want to just advise you on some matters before this committee. Of course, we appreciate, we must appreciate, that what you're doing here, and prior to your appearance in this committee, indicates clearly that you are trying to discredit the committee. so that it cannot properly carry out its function. That means, Mr. Hughes, that the integrity of the United States Senate is at stake. I therefore speak for the Senate. If you had legal advice as to what your conduct should be prior to the time that you came here, or what it should be during this hearing, these hearings, I would advise you that that is bad legal advice. It's obvious that you are trying to take control of the Senate hearings. If you believe that, because you have great wealth and access to certain publicity channels, and therefore you can intimidate any member of this subcommittee I want to advise you, Mr. Hughes, that you are mistaken, and that is final. It appears that while one of your motives may be to discredit one member of the committee, it is apparent that your prime motive is to discredit the committee so that your activities in the procuring and the carrying out of these two government contracts will not be investigated and brought to the public's attention. This extraneous matter and your contempt for this committee will not affect or cloud the real issue. This committee intends to carry out its function. Now, is it clear? Uh, Mr. Chairman, uh, just allow me as a member of the committee to make an observation at this point. The chairman has evidently been reading from a prepared, yes. typewritten statement, which, uh, yet the incident was supposed to have been elicited by an incident that occurred just before the chairman made the statement. So it must have been that the typewritten statement from which the chairman of the committee, the subcommittee chairman, the senator from Michigan, read, was prepared at some time prior to the time the incident occurred. Furthermore, I'm authorized to say on behalf of the minority members of this committee who are present that neither they nor I had seen the statement which the chairman has made prior to its delivery by the chairman. And I, while I respect and will endeavor to support, and I'm sure my colleagues will and have, the uh, wise and proper administration of the committee by the senator from Michigan, who's the chairman of the subcommittee, nevertheless, uh, 
he does not speak for all the members of the committee in making the charge against the witness, and it's not uh, necessary, probably, to resort to recrimination and countercharge properly to conduct with appropriate decorum the hearing which we are now engaged in. I thought that the witness made a request and made a comparison in uh, the way he was being treated with the way another witness is being treated. He had a right to make an observation. That he has been doing that continuously in the hearing. But I think it wasn't justified. And the time had come when it was necessary to advise the witness. It was not, I think, appropriate for the chairman uh, to uh, charge that the witness was engaged in conduct which uh, was attributed to a lawyer or somebody who had inspired it, nor for the chairman to impute that because Mr. Hughes happens to have some money, that he was claiming to be presumptuous and disdainful with respect to the committee. Now, we want the chairman to be sustained and will support him. Mr. Hughes had a perfectly proper right to request, I think, in a proper way, that he be permitted to finish his statement. There were few interruptions of Senator Brewster uh, at the time that he was testifying. Uh, although we could have, we deferred that we, we didn't interrupt very much. And obviously, any witness making a statement who tries to make a point has a right to make a respectful request that he not be interrupted. I didn't consider that the request was other than respectful, or a suggested comparison in his interruptions with the fact that there was no interruption uh, when Senator Brewster was on the stand. Now, as I say, we'll support the chairman in his proper conduct of the committee, but at the same time, I'm sure that, that uh, he was provoked when he made the statement uh, that he made. No, the chair was not provoked. The chair has been trying to be patient in this case. But the chair has decided, and this is definite and final, that we are not going off in a side issue, which was started, Mr. Hughes, by you many weeks ago in the press. At one point today, Hughes testified that Francis Flanagan, a committee investigator, had admitted the inquiry into his warplane contracts had political motives, one of them to get Elliot Roosevelt. Flanagan on the stand denied this. Later, Hughes admitted he had hired Hugh Fulton, the former chief counsel of the committee, as his lawyer, and that Fulton had advised him about the political angles. There was endless wrangling. Hughes said he was getting nowhere, that his hands were tied. And so at the close today, the principals faced one another across the committee table. Hughes said he was too tired to accept Ferguson's suggestion that he'd write out his final rebuff. He said, just drop everything. I hopefully got two hours sleep last night, well, and about three the night before. Now, I just uh, don't have the strength to further present contra-arguments to Senator Brewster. Now, I feel Senator Brewster is not telling the truth. If I can cross-examine him, I think I can prove it. If I don't have that right, I'd like to drop the matter right at this point. And a moment later, Senator Brewster speaks. Well, Mr. Chairman. I am entirely ready to submit the entire case to whatever the committee feels wise. If they feel that there's any explanation needed, there are, to my mind, rather interesting documentary evidence in response to some of the things he said. I'd be glad to have it, but as far as I'm concerned, I'm quite willing to leave the entire matter in the hands of the yes. committee. Well, Mr. Chairman, I think that would be a good thing all the way around. Uh, the gentlemen who both stated their position about it, and uh, the record, I think, is clear on it, and... Uh, Senator Brewster, Mr. Hughes, has indicated that uh, he'd be willing just to let it stand as it is now. Is that satisfactory to you? Is that all right? All right. That's all right. Uh, the chair will then rule that this issue is closed. We'll recess until tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock. 
And so, abruptly and dramatically, today's hearing before the Senate War Investigating Committee came to a close. ABC has brought you 25 minutes of recorded highlights from the seven hours of stormy testimony. Tonight, the issue of Howard Hughes' charge against Senator Brewster is closed after two tense days. But Hughes' sworn charge and Brewster's sworn denial remain on the record. Nothing is settled on this sensational issue, this so-called side issue. The matter is dropped. Tomorrow, the committee investigation turns to the matter of Hughes' warplane contracts. And tomorrow night, ABC will bring you over many of these same stations a report of tomorrow's hearing. This is John Edwards reporting from Washington. This is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company. From April 7th, 1947, that is testimony from Howard Hughes. That is part of the Senate War Investigation Committee. Part of our podcast, number 1093. We made reference to Howard Hughes and that testimony when we talked about pop culture trivia. Howard Hughes came up in the episode. Be sure to check out that episode if pop culture trivia is of interest to you. And old-time radio shows, by the way. The Riley and Kimmy Show features old-time radio programs, golden age of radio shows from time to time. You can find archived episodes right now, along with video interviews, photos, and other videos, too, on our website, along with social media links. Feel free to friend, follow, and like us. We will follow back. You can find all of those things on our website right now at RileyandKimmy.com.